you are alive. All right. Matthew Bow's in the house. What's up, Kendall, my man? What's up, brother? This has been long, long overdue, man. You and I have not done a jam session in, I want to say it was years, man. It, it, it has been years, and it's it's 100% my fault. <laughs> so it's 100% my fault because, you know, things have been going, you know, well. And now all of a sudden the world has changed. And I'm like, well, it's time to pivot and ramp up. And, you know, one of the first, you know, and I got your email the other day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to follow up with my man, Matt, because it's been so long. And, and uh, you know, we go way back. But tell folks, what do you do and in, in, in how we work together? Yeah, man, you and I go back over a decade, man. I want people to know. I mean, you and I, you know, we're 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 kicking it way back in the day, man. Yeah. But yeah, basically, I run Maverick Investor Group, and that's a company. What we do with our clients is we help people buy performing, cash flowing rental properties in the most investor advantaged U.S. real estate markets, regardless of where they live, mm -hmm. and we help them to buy those properties in a turnkey condition, meaning that when you buy those rental properties, these are mostly single family homes, sometimes two to four unit properties, but all residential stuff. You can buy them out of state from anywhere and you're buying them in a turnkey condition. So they're fully renovated. They already have a tenant in place paying rent and they already have professional property management in place locally on the ground that's collecting the rent, dealing with the maintenance, handling the tenants, all of that. So you can own property from anywhere and you don't have to be the rehabber or the landlord. Right. And um, for those who are listening, I have the links in the description section below. So you can go ahead and grab that or go to kendallmatthews.com forward slash REI. That's forward slash REI, and it'll direct you directly to the great stuff that the Maverick Investor Group has. And the reason why I followed up with Matt and we go way back is because of authenticity and, and, and authenticity and integrity. And that's, you know, the type of partners and the people that I like to hang out with and learn from. And, you know, a lot of things have been going on lately uh, in the world, Matt, from the pandemic to protests. <laughs> so, there has to be in, you know, we talk about Maverick Investor Group and the things that you do and then the business technology of how I, you know, help customers and people grow their business through technology. And then also with um, the real estate investors that I work with as well. But now it's more than that nowadays. And one of the things I want to talk about and we can talk uh, on this, you know, kickoff is the how to break those economic chains. Because a lot of individuals are fearful right now. They don't know where they're going. The COVID's happening all over the place. Um, things are, you know, even recently, you know, people are starting to shut things down again. So, you know, I want your perspective of, you know, what's yeah. going on. Yeah. So let's talk about, I mean, a couple of different things, right? And depending if we're talking to real estate investors or entrepreneurs, I happen to be both. I can speak to yeah. both of those. So, exactly. I mean, you can, yeah, I mean, you that, know, you can, you can, entrepreneurs. let's talk to those can, entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs. Yeah, sure. Okay. So if we're just, if we're talking to business owners, I mean, for me, you know, first of all, you know, context about just our business, Maverick Investor Group has been a location independent business since we were founded. We are a remote first company and we are a licensed real estate brokerage, which is not a traditionally virtual category of business. Okay. When we, when we founded this in 2007 and we said, we're going to start a real estate brokerage 
and we're going to run that from wherever we want in the world so that we can have freedom of mobility and location independent and and all that. And you know me, Kendall. I mean, I've been traveling the world. I mean, since yeah. since 2012, I have lived in 60, 60, 60 different countries uh, just since 2012, right? So I've been a full-time itinerant digital nomad and all of that. And the way that I was able to do that was to build the business with a completely location independent infrastructure. And you know, I have two business partners as well. And they founded the company with me and we never lived in the same city, even from the very founding of our company, right? So right. what we did from the, from the get was to say, okay, what do we need to do to operate this business totally remotely? What are the obstacles and challenges that we'll encounter in doing that? And how do we overcome you know, those obstacles as we build this. And so we built into our very business plan, you know, that we wanted the business to facilitate location independence for us, for our staff, so we can hire people from anywhere in the country or anywhere in the world, and they can have their own location independence. And for that matter, for our customers, right? Because the actual product that we're selling is investment real estate. And so our clients, what they're doing is they're buying rental properties in the best real estate markets and they don't have to live near them and they don't have to be the landlord and manage them personally, right? But they can own them. And what they're doing is they're they're buying those rental properties and they're building portfolios of rental properties. They're buying one and then another and then another and then another over time. And that's a stream of cash flow and another stream of cash flow and another stream of cash flow. So they're just growing their stream of passive income that's covering their living expenses and whatever they're doing in their work or their business, they're taking that active income and they're using it to buy those rental properties so they can get that stream of passive income, right? So what I've seen, you know, since COVID came down is uh, it's been really interesting because a lot of businesses that thought that they couldn't do it remotely, yeah. you know, they thought that they couldn't be location independent. All of a sudden they were forced to be. <laughs> and, right. and they realized that a lot of these jobs and a lot of this these business operations actually could be done remotely. And so, um, you know, one of the things I've been trying to do with the Maverick Show podcast uh, mm -hmm. is, you know, have folks on to talk to entrepreneurs and talk to business owners about how to transition your company into a location independent business because you know whether you are just talking about surviving covid and creating that location independent infrastructure even if you're in a space that's not traditionally virtual right but then after let's just say after covid they find a vaccine and everything's safe and everything's whatever this and that still the value of being location independent and not having to go into an office is just incredible. And then you can either do whatever you want, travel the world or just spend more time with your family and stay home with your kids and you know, whatever you need to do, you just give that freedom to yourself. So that's been a priority for us as entrepreneurs. And then we also extend that to our staff and try to also support all of our clients in achieving that as well. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I, you resonated with me way back in the early, you know, the mid 2000s is because the focus of being location independent, being able to invest anywhere in the world. So what were some of the challenges that your team had in doing that transition, not between, you know, you and your co-founders, but when you started looking at a team perspective? Yeah, I mean, so initially you think like, oh, you know, if you're in that mindset of I got to interview the person and have them come in and I got to have them in the office and kind of watch over them and all this kind of stuff. The trend, the mental transition you want to make is, first of all, if you hire location independently, that all of a sudden changes your talent pool that you have access to 
from your local town to the entire earth. <laughs> so you actually have access to an enormous amount of more applicants, including the most qualified applicants. Number two, by giving that as a business in, uh, a business um, incentive to mm -hmm. someone to work for you, right? As having that as a benefit, you are going to be able to attract the best talent because the best talent wants to work from wherever they want to work from, right? So right. if you can offer location dependence as a benefit, you're going to attract the best talent. And then the question is about, you know, hiring and management. And there, the mental shift as a business owner is you want to shift from a, you know, time or hours-based economy into a results-based economy. Mm -hmm. And you want to hire people that are going to deliver specific things, right? They're going to do these projects. They're going to perform this work. They're going to do this much stuff in, in whatever the time frame is. And for me, a lot of our clients that are doing that, they're, they can work asynchronously, right? Meaning that I don't care if they work at four o'clock in the morning or right. if they work at noon, like if they're doing my, the social media, as long as that stuff gets done properly and published when it's supposed to get published, I don't care what hours they keep or what time zone they're on. Now, some people, they maybe they have to do customer service or they have to operate on a, on a particular schedule. Okay, but they can do that from anywhere, right? If they're answering the phones, why does it matter if they're you know in an office or in the beach in Thailand, You know, as long as they're doing what they need to be done. So, so what you wanna do is create those job descriptions and create a results based framework for evaluating those people, not how many hours did they sit in the office and how much this and that, because none of that really matters. At the end of the day, they could sit in the office for 12 hours and only complete four hours of work, or somebody can work four hours and complete more work than they did in 12. And what you as the business owner want to be concerned about is the results and the performance and the deliverables, and that you can evaluate uh, remotely. And, and, and doing that remote um, evaluation uh, from a team perspective, is there any type of like special tools or did you read any books? It's like, all right, here's what I need to do and here's how I should follow it up or is this more trial by error? You know, uh, I would say, let's see. I mean, all this initially started in, right in 2007 when we founded our company, which happened to coincide with the publication of Tim Ferriss's book, Ferris, The Four yep. Hour Work Week, <laughs> right? So yeah. let's be honest. I mean, yep. I've been following I've been following Tim and I've been following a lot of those other folks, you know, that started, you know, writing on that stuff, you know, and, and kind of coming up. But ultimately, like a lot of it was just trial um, and error. But ultimately, it's really if you really move to, you know, refine your systems and processes. Right. Like one of the things that remote work does is it doesn't give you a crutch where it's like, OK, I got this kind of half written process try to go figure it out, you know, and just come into my office if you have a question. Oh, yeah, how does this work? Like, it forces you to, like, really have a specific system and process. Someone else can follow. They do it. You evaluate them. You know, so it actually makes you a savvier business owner because you have to be very clear in your descriptions of what people are doing. Then you hire them. Then you have very clear evaluation systems. Did you right. do it? Did you not do it? How's the quality? You know, this kind of stuff. And they have it done and all, you know, so you're able to just remove some of those, you know, and, and really see a lot of that old school stuff as sort of a crutch to your ability to be efficient and to really get those results delivered. So we've actually found it to be advantageous to remove that crutch and just be able to evaluate work on performance and results. Right. And focusing on, like you are saying, the the um, procedures and, and the process, you know, I have a good friend who owns um, Tranial and it's a, a great software application for those processes and procedures. And that's all uh, he talks about. And one of the great things that uh, 
I like about yourself and your company is that not only you're doing it for yourself, but you're showing now let's pivot over to the real estate uh, individuals and you know, showing them how they can you know manage their portfolios a lot better. But how can you manage your portfolios in a world that everything is changing from week to week with this pandemic? So how can we do that nowadays? Yeah. So in terms of the real estate stuff, there's been, there was a lot of questions that came out at the beginning of the COVID stuff. And to be honest, I didn't want to like jump the gun and just like give some hypothetical answer about, oh, I assume this and that, you know, I was like, let me watch and see and let's see what happens. And as soon as I'm able to get a handle on it, I'll sort of explain it, what I know or what I have found out. So what I started doing was just watching, you know, like when, you know, the COVID stuff escalated in March, it was like, okay, what's going to happen on April 1st? How many are the tenants going to be able to pay their rent? What's going to happen? Have they taken advantage of the stimulus bills that have gone in? Were they able to collect the money that they were owed from those stimulus bills and use it to pay their rent? Like what's happening here, right? So what I did is I reached out to all these different property managers that I know around the country, right? At April 1st and then May 1st, right? And I'm saying, what's what's going on? What are you folks seeing? Are people paying their rents? Are they not? What's happening? How is it going? Like, you know, like I was we like I was reaching out to all these folks and kind of staying on top of it. And I have I just recently did a uh, webinar, right? A free webinar for our clients. It's on the Maverick Investor Group website if anybody wants to check it out on the new real estate investing strategies for the COVID-19 era. And what we have seen is a number of trends that are now becoming pretty pronounced since we're a few months into this thing, right? Mm -hmm. One of them is that uh, commercial real estate is probably going to be uh, in trouble. <laughs> so the the billionaire real estate investor Carl Icahn is is shorting the commercial real estate market in a major way. It's his biggest position, um, and the reason why it's in trouble is because uh, number one, people can are realizing that they can work from home, right? Mm -hmm. And they now want to work from home or be location independent. Uh, so office space is going to become less relevant, and at the same time companies are realizing why am I paying 30% of my budget for office space when my employees can work from home and they prefer it, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I think office space is declining. You know, you've got retail, obviously there was already a trend of, of retail moving online that's further being accelerated by COVID. So the retail uh, space decline. And then this is the big one. And this relates to residential investment properties that apartment buildings becoming much, much less desirable because what's happening is there is this de-densification trend where people are moving out of crowded communal living spaces like apartment buildings that have shared elevators, shared laundry rooms, shared you know handles on the railings and all that kind of stuff into detached single family rental homes, right? Mm -hmm. And in that affordable price point, right? That sort of entry level kind of first time home buyer price point, either to buy them or to rent them, right? And that is exactly the product that we help people to buy at Maverick Investor Group, right? And similarly, you're seeing you're seeing trends of people moving out of crowded urban areas into the suburbs and sort of those less densely populated areas where they can have a detached single family home, either as a rental property or to own that. So there's actually a lot of movement in that direction. And there's a lot of this COVID-19 that may be the defining trend of the COVID-19 era is going to be that de-densification trend and people wanting to move into those uh, affordable single family homes. And those are exactly the real estate investments that we are helping people to buy. So we're helping our clients get on the supply side of this new high demand trend. And then as people buy those houses or people rent those houses and demand increases for those houses, they're on the supply side, they own that asset and they're going to benefit from that and can provide value.
Right, right. And providing that value and trying to figure out what that value is, there are some individuals who, you know, they want to be, they want to get more involved in real estate investing. And then, you know, there's people, there's that um, wealth inequity. And they think, well, I really, my my family never had it, but, you know, we want to do this, but there's just that unequal wealth equality that is across the country. So how can a person or a family, you know, look at how can we break this chain for our family? If we bear, um, tell, talk to us about what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think being able to get in the game uh, is, is huge because as soon as you can get in the game and buy your first rental property, all of a sudden, a whole bunch of things unfold. So for example, buying a rental property is very different from buying, let's say, a mutual fund or you know, buying some stock or you know, things like that, or, or putting your money in a savings account. Because when you buy a rental property, and let's just be clear what we're talking about it, because I'm sure some of your listeners live in like Manhattan and, and, and San yeah, Francisco and LA and like yeah. stuff where, where, where a piece of real estate is just like bonkers expensive, yeah. right? I mean, just like abs- preposterously expensive. We right. are talking about, okay, markets in the Midwest mostly right now at this historical moment in the United States where you can buy for $100,000, right? Now, if you get an, 80, 000, an 80% mortgage, that's like 20 grand out of pocket plus closing costs. So that's literally the entry level that we're talking about. If you've got 25 grand, you can get in the game, okay? We are talking about a fully renovated single family home in a majority owner occupied nice suburban community. For a hundred thousand to let's say one hundred fifty thousand, if you go up to one hundred fifty thousand, you can get granite countertops and stainless steel appliances, and you know all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. For like a hundred to one hundred fifty grand is the type of price point we're talking about for a rental property. So if you've got you know twenty five grand to forty grand as a, as your investment capital, right, and you have a job and all that stuff, you qualify for a loan, then you can get you know our clients are getting eighty percent mortgages. And they're buying these rental properties. Now, when you buy a rental property, instead of putting that 30 to 40 grand into the stock market, what's different is that as soon as you close on that rental property, you all of a sudden open up five different profit centers Mm. that are working for you at the same time. So if you buy stock, it's a single dimensional asset. Maybe you buy a dividend paying stock. That's a a second uh, dimension of the asset. But most stocks don't even have dividends. So you're talking about a single dimensional asset. investment, which means that you are hoping and praying that that thing goes up in value. And if it doesn't, you are in trouble and you have no control over it. You just sit there and watch it go down in value, right? If you buy a rental property, one, you have that, okay, it could go up in value, Mm -hmm. but it's leveraged, right? So if you bought a $100,000 property and you only put 20 grand in, if that property just goes up 5%, that's $5,000, but you only put 20 grand in. You get all five, even though the bank gave you 80% of the money to buy the house, you get 100% of the appreciation. Mm-hmm. So if, when they say, oh, the house went up 5%, yeah, it went up 5%, went up five grand, but you only put 20 grand in. So that's a 25% increase in your equity in a single year, right? Mm-hmm. So one, you have the leveraged appreciation potential as a profit center. Then you've got the cash flow because you're renting this out and you're going to rent it out at a rate where your tenant is going to pay you more than enough money to cover all your expenses, your taxes, your insurance, your property management fee, and an estimate for vacancy and an estimate for maintenance. And after they cover all that, there's still going to be a cash flow margin for you net into your pocket. That's your passive residual income that flows to you every single month. So you've got 
two. Then you've got the tax benefits. Real estate, investment real estate is the most tax advantaged asset class in the country. So the government allows you, because you're providing housing for other people, they want to incentivize you to do that so they don't have to. Because you're doing that, if it's a rental property, not a house you live in, a rental property, they let you depreciate the structure of that property. You have to break out the land value. You can't depreciate land. But the structure of the property, you can depreciate that even if it's going up in value and take that as a loss against your income. And usually you can wipe out all of the tax that would be owed on your real estate income. And then the other thing that's going on is your tenant is paying down your mortgage. Because your mortgage expense is part of your expenses that your tenant's rent is covering. So they pay your mortgage principal down every single month. So literally, if you own this property for 30 years and it didn't go up in value a dollar, which has never happened in the history of real estate, but even if that happened, your tenant would have paid off your entire mortgage, all that equity, you'd own the house free and clear and somebody else paid it off, right? So you have all of these things working for you at the same time, plus the fifth profit center. And this is the real kicker right now in this COVID-19 era, because what people have just seen is the, the money supply just literally just doubled, right? The amount of money printing just went through the roof. Okay. And what that does is that creates inflationary pressure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now inflation is one of the most insidious sort of silent ways that just like sucks people's wealth because you don't even see it coming, right? Like you put uh, your money in, let's say a bank account, right? And you put them, let's say you put a hundred grand in a bank account and it's making 1% interest, right? Well, if inflation is more than that, which it has been over the last decade, it's been an average of 2% a year, right? 20% uh, inflation over the last decade. Well, if you put that hundred grand in a bank account, that inflation just eats away at it, right? So the hundred grand is only worth 80 grand 10 years later, Right. Even if you got that 1% interest, you know, uh, you still lost money in what's, what are called real dollars. Right. So if right now they're saying, hey, look, I mean, there's been unprecedented money printing. So inflation could very likely be higher than it has been historically as a result of this. So if you're going into a period of high inflation, the reason why rental property is so advantageous is because, first of all, it is indexed to inflation because housing prices rise with inflation and rents rise with inflation. So every year you can renew your lease with the tenant and anybody that rents their house knows that that often goes up 2% a year, right? Keep pace with inflation, okay? So you've got that, but if you take out a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you're borrowing that money in today's real dollars, but the bank is not asking you to pay them back in inflation-adjusted dollars. They're just asking you to pay them back in nominal dollars. So when you pay that loan back for the next 30 years, you are paying the bank back in reduced, debased nominal dollars that are worth less than the money that you borrowed, right? So you are actually able to profit from inflation by locking in a loan today. The more inflation goes up, the more it debases your debt that you owe to the bank, and you can actually profit from inflation. Well, when you're talking about profit from inflation, you know, that is... I believe that we're going to head into a high inflationary period um, because, you know, all of a sudden you, you have, and now we all know that there's one person who says, all right, I can press this button and a whole bunch of money is going to come out and start printing. You're like, well, where is, where's the value behind that? You know, that new money that you just created. So that's, 
that's great and scary at the same time. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, whenever you have more dollars chasing fewer goods, I mean, that's what, that's the definition of inflationary pressure. Right. And so, I mean, every, anybody knows you look back and you say, what did a movie ticket cost like 15 years ago? Or how much did this, you know, my favorite box of cereal cost like 15 years ago or whatever. And what does it cost now and stuff? So everybody knows kind of what inflation does, you know, it makes products go up and they cost more money, but it also just depletes your wealth. And so when you invest in rental properties and you actually own the hard asset, the physical deeded house, you are hedging against inflation and you are protecting yourself against inflation, but you are also positioning yourself. If you take out a 30 year fixed rate mortgage, you are positioning yourself to actually profit from inflation. So the more inflation goes up, the more uh, profitability that there is for you, because that's going to cause your house to go higher, your rent to go higher. And, um, you know, you get the benefits of, of all that. Now, one thing you talk about in that benefits is that I have family in New York, you talk about Manhattan and then California, those high, uh, you know, those high cost areas. And yet, I have a lot of family in the Midwest. So when you're talking about the Midwest, it really hits to my heart. You know, I went to, you know, school at Purdue University and and, and then also and that's in Indiana. But then a lot of my family is in St. Louis and Kansas City. So you wouldn't have places in there, would you? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. We literally just did a buying opportunity <laughs> webinar event this week for Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, right? really? Yes. And it's right on our website. People can just go to maverickinvestorgroup.com. You can check it out. Um, you know, anybody can watch the webinar. It's free. And it's actually a private buying opportunity event. So you can get through our website. And on this webinar, it's about an hour long. We go through and we talk about the investor advantages of Kansas City in particular, right? And even we even go into why Warren Buffett is so bullish on Kansas City and why some of the Berkshire Hathaway investments that they're making are in Kansas City-based uh, you know, companies and things of this nature. I mean, it's a really, really, really impressive market. But the investor advantage features of that market are that you know, it has had a lower than average unemployment rate. It has had a lower than average cost of living. It has had job creation and population moving in there, right? So upward pressure on housing, upward pressure on rents, but people like to live there because it's low cost of living, high quality of life, not to mention they just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But, you know, it's but it's it, it's a vibrant, exciting city, but it's very advantageous for real estate investors. So what we're doing now is we're helping people buy in Kansas City where you can get those optimal price to rent ratios, get those good cash flow margins. But you're buying these quality homes in these nice owner occupied suburban areas. And this is exactly where people are trying to move now with these COVID-19 trends because they don't want to live in the apartment buildings anymore. They want to live in these areas. So we're helping people do that. We're helping them do it in cities exactly like Kansas City. We also, some of the other ones you've named, we have helped people buy in St. Louis. We have helped people buy in Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, we're doing a lot of stuff right now in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is another great great market for rental property. So that's what we do. We study these markets and we say, where are those price to rent ratios optimal for investors that also have those strong economic indicators and those really, you know, those real estate fundamentals that are going to make this a good long-term buy and hold real estate investment. Yeah. And when you're talking about those type of towns, I just read in a paper the other day that, you know, there are some small cities who are saying relocate to us and then we'll actually pay you. Have you seen that? 
No, I haven't seen the pay you stuff. No, but a lot of people are, a lot of people want to go to the smaller towns now in light of the COVID stuff. So they're like, listen, you know, especially if I can work remotely, if I can do whatever, I'd rather live in this small town better. You know, it's, it's cheaper cost of living. It's more sparsely populated. I have more, you know, comfort and space and all this kind of stuff. And it's just less money and it's still a cool area. And so there's a lot of those trends happening right now. Yeah. It was just amazing. I think one uh, city was saying, if you use your, you know, because um, Twitter, they're saying that you can work from home forever. Facebook was saying that all these major tech companies, and even now some non-tech companies are doing yeah. that as well. But some of these cities are coming up with, if you uh, live in our area, then we will, I think Topeka, Kansas was one, we'll pay you up to $15,000 for your remote job. Like they're giving those opportunities. So it's, you know, I, like you're talking about, this is the time to start. If you want to pivot and if you want to reset your life, I think this is the time to do that. What do you think about that? Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, I actually have a friend of mine, uh, you know, who's similar to what you're saying. She's a lawyer and she works for a New York City-based uh, law firm, right, that pays her New York City-based lawyer prices. And she lives in Kansas City, <laughs> you know, because it's just so much cheaper, you know, is that lifestyle arbitrage, right? It's like if I can make this money, but I can choose to live in a lower cost of living area, why not do that? Right. But right. I, I think that's 100 percent right. I mean, I think people have time now to, you know, they have a lot more time now. They have had over the last couple of months in terms of the COVID stuff. And a lot of people have been able to think and reassess and sort of plan for the future. And so I think it's a great opportunity to just take this moment and just reassess, like, you know, what do you want your ideal dream future situation to look like, right? What kind of freedoms would you like to have in your life? What kind of, you know, financial goals, lifestyle goals, you know, other types of goals would you like to have in your life? And just start setting those and start making a plan to achieve them. So if those are entrepreneurial goals or you want to create more location independence for yourself, or if those are real estate investing goals or, you know, whatever the, your, your financial goals are and how would you kind of, you know, take those next steps to get there. I think, you know, there's a lot of things that are possible that sometimes we don't think are possible because we just, you know, it's not traditional. It's not conventional. We haven't been taught that, but they actually are possible. And what you'll find is that there's a lot of people out there that are actually doing it. And so if you search out people that are doing what you want to do or have already done it um, and start getting inspired by them and then just start creating your own plan, you know, and get to it. I think this is a great opportunity to make that pivot and make that shift. Well, one of the things about you, you talked about a little bit earlier was how um, Warren Buffett and all these other firms are really kind of like saying, Hey, here's where we're going to be going. Now um, I know your company is not as large as theirs. Um, so in there kind of like a lot of competition between, and I've heard these big real estate investor firms, those hedge funds buying up like just a lot of property, rental property. So how do you, do you really have the quality of that? Or is it kind of like, where do you fit into that type of puzzle? Yeah, look, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of different companies that are doing different types of stuff or that have different types of priorities or targeting different types of of things. You know, what we do is we have relationships on the ground in each of these markets that we just mentioned, Kendall, with local market specialists. And they have been doing this for years. I mean, our our provider in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania has been doing this for you know 20 years, right? And so they know everybody. They already have the system set up, 
right? They get the access to all the properties before they come in the MLS, right? I mean, they, if people want to sell, they know that they can buy them for cash and then they can renovate them and they can lease them out. And they have all those relationships, they have the infrastructure. And so, you know, we're working with, you know, separate independently capitalized local market specialists there and they're buying, you know, distressed properties in quantity in the right markets. They know block to block, they know the neighborhood, they're buying them in the investor advantaged micro markets within their uh, market, right? And then they're renovating them, leasing them to qualified tenants, and then they're moving them through our platform as an off-market buying opportunity. So the stuff that you'll see through Maverick Investor Group is not listed on the MLS. Like you can't find it through a regular real estate agent because it's not listed there, right? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the infrastructure that we've set up. Um, definitely a very boutique thing. We're not a big corporate. We want to get to know all of our clients. You know, We want every client to come in and you know, do a consultation with us. When I say come in, I mean like schedule a video call, right? Come in uh, on my Zoom call. Come in on our call. video call. That's it. But that's it, you know. And then and then build a relationship. Understand every single person's here's your buying criteria. Here's your investing goals. This is where you are now. This is where you want to go. You know, these are your uh, you know either aspirational priorities or your concerns about you know risk uh, mitigation that you want to navigate around. And then we help people to um, you know make the moves that are best for them. And we're a very long term relationship-based company. So we just, I just sold two properties last week to a client of ours that has been buying properties through us since 2010, you know, and then he's still buying properties through us. So those are the kind of relationships that we cultivate. We're not trying to be some giant, you know, corporate enterprise. We are a boutique company that cares about our clients, has personal relationships with every human being that buys properties through us. And we want to maintain that for, you know, 20 years from now. Right, right. No, thanks, Matt, for you know your time, and then I want to have you back on, you know, in the future. But you know, folks, if, as you listen to this, I have the links in the description below. You can go to KendallMatthews.com forward slash REI, so you can be able to connect with Matt and his team and all the things that they're doing. And because that's what we're, I'm looking at doing is how we can marry the business technology with real estate and with real estate firms, and showing that there is another way. Right. You don't have to do it in your own backyard, especially now and showing you those different opportunities. And, and Matt's just a good person to follow up and, and do some of that guidance and that consultation. So, uh, Matt, thank you so much. I can't wait to have you back on, my friend. Thanks, Kendall. Always great to jam with you, brother. Good to be here. You got it. Talk to you soon. My man.